Well, hello once again. Welcome back to In the Growth Space. I'm David, and I am your host here on Season 2, Episode 15. I really appreciate you joining me here. You know, our goal with the podcast, I say it every 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 time, every week, um, is really to help you, uh, our listener, to move forward in your growth journey and to move forward in whatever area of life that you're focused on, whether it's your financial life, whether it's your leadership, whether it's your, your company growth. And we, we do that through sharing conversations. Um, sometimes I, I actually share some teaching from my own life, my own journey, but at the end of the day, our hope is that you learn something through these conversations. And honestly, one of the best ways that you can you can move your, your growth forward uh, beyond just listening to the podcast uh, is through our annual event called the Inner Circle Summit. You know, it happens once a year. Uh, it's happened for the last four years. And this year, it's going to be a fantastic event like all of the rest. We just keep getting better with them. Um, and, and you'll be able to really be in the energy of some really high-performing leaders. And that energy is super infectious. So if you haven't registered yet, you still have time. Uh, that is at least if you're listening uh, before December 12th. So go to davidmcglennon.com forward slash inner circle summit 2022 and get your seat. You know, we've had uh, teams register. Uh, we've had some individual leaders uh, register from a, a different parts of, of the world, uh, leaders from the UK uh, and North America. Um, we're going to be having some sessions around being well so that we can lead well. You know, we're going to have a, a session on breath work. Uh, we're going to have one on emotional intelligence and another on moving through fear. Uh, one more on on clarifying and, and living from your values. And then um, my, my buddy Andy Hall and I are going to do a, a session on the value of community and masterminding. And it's really going to be a great growth environment, a great networking opportunity as well. So we hope that you will join us. Just go to davidmcglennon.com forward slash inner circle summit 2022. We'll make sure that we put that in the show notes as well. Now, today, our guest is a guy by the name of Justin Brown, and Justin has spent nearly a decade coaching at multiple levels in the baseball industry. Um, if you know me, you know I love baseball, um, and at the age of 26, he became one of the youngest head coaches in the NCAA. Now, alongside his coaching duties, he has uh, served as a collegiate athletic administrator as well as a professor in strategic leadership in sport. And after successfully leading two collegiate baseball programs, Justin left the coaching ranks to spend more time with his family and launch uh, the Stay the Course leadership uh, course. And um, he's the author also of Stay the Course, Five Trans Transformational Principles of Leaders Who Last. And this is a really great episode. I will say, though, that the audio from my end was a bit wonky. I'm not exactly sure what happened with Zoom when we recorded this, but uh, just bear with the, 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 um, uh, the audio in the episode. Uh, I know you're going to get a lot of it uh, out of it. So here's my conversation with Justin Brown. 
Well, hey, Justin, welcome to In the Growth Space. I'm really excited for this conversation. Man. We, we've been just been uh, talking a little bit off air before we hit record. And, and uh, I said, oh, my goodness, we better get we better get recording because this is too good to, to, to miss. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it and excited to, to dive into some some good topics here and, and really glad to be here. Well, and, and I, I know that we share a heartbeat for emerging leaders, and I, I'd love to, before we get into the kind of emerging leaders topic, I would love to just kind of hear your story a little bit. You, at a really young age, became a, a coach, an NCAA coach, and talk a little bit about that. Like, how did that happen, and, and, and tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, so I, I grew up, you know, playing athletics. Sports were kind of everything uh, at a healthy level. I never had any, you know, unhealthy rhythms with that. My parents were incredible, um, but it became kind of my outlet. And and when you're middle school and younger, something that, you know, you get some confidence from is a good thing. And so athletics and sports became that. And so, I, you know, I ran track and ran cross country and wrestled and played baseball and eventually uh, played baseball in college at at a small college in, in, near uh, Columbus, Ohio, Mount Vernon Nazarene University. And, you know, that chapter was a big deal for, for my life. And, and uh, I played for a Hall of Fame coach. And really, you know, I look back and think that that was a big deal to, to be around someone who, I mean, he this just this season, he got his 1100th win. So he's just, wow. he's he's been excellent at what he's been doing for a long time. And I think it just, as an athlete, it just planted seeds for me. Like wow, you know, you know this this is a career path. I didn't even know that existed. That you can be a coach and do this full time and mm. grow a program and things like that. So uh, I stayed on as an assistant after graduating there, and spent three three and a half years kind of underneath his wing. He's still a mentor of mine to this day. But you know, really started to learn the ins and outs, and and uh, had the opportunity at 26 to become a head coach at NCAA Division three level. And so we moved across the country and. I was at a school in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, downtown. And, and uh, then after that, moved to another school in Georgia, um, in Northeast Georgia. And then eventually just said, I, I think I'm ready to try some other things. And, and uh, you know, here we are now. Well, we're, we're in Northeast Georgia. I'm curious because i got family down there. Yeah, Tacoa Falls College. Uh, uh, I was just, is, uh, I wondered yeah. if that was it. Yeah. Yep. So not far from Clemson and the, the you know, border there. It was an awesome yep. area of the country. Beautiful. We loved it. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. How long were you there? So that was the COVID year. So we were there about a year. Um, okay. So, okay. and I had kind of been on the way out before COVID hit and and then we just kind of scrambled is the sure. word I would use. And yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about, um, I, so I mean, I'm curious about your mentor. Um, the, 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 the coach that just, you know, had his 1100th win, what were some of the things that were foundational to, you know, your, your growth and your leadership, um, underneath his, his mentorship? Yeah. So his name's Keith Beal. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things he, he affected, uh, for me and my leadership life. And one thing that, you know, as I got to know him really well towards the back end of my playing career into being an assistant, you know, the thing that I think we bonded on the most early was just uh, reading. We, mm. We'd be on bus trips, we'd be going places, and he, he was always reading, and I was a reader, and so we'd share titles, and, and so I think it was just, he kind of embodied that uh, lifelong learner. You know, he's in yeah. his 50s, 60s now, and he's still just hammering material, hammering information, just consuming and applying, uh, you know, what he's doing, and you know, I, I think the other thing I learned from him, his style is unique. It was the first coach I ever had 
that never yelled. I can think maybe in the entire time I was with him, he raised his voice to a screaming level three times, maybe. And, uh, you know, that's not usually, you know, associated with athletic coaches. We kind of have the fire breather, just, you know, bear Bryant yelling and screaming. (laughs) And, and so his style intrigued me. I responded well to it as an athlete, but it, you know, I look back and think, man, it, it just shows that there's so many different uh, unique styles of leadership and you, you almost have to be true to who you are. It would have been kind of awkward if, if he was always screaming or he turned into a yeller and a, a motivator that way. It kind of would have been like, this isn't really unique. You know, this isn't genuine him. And, uh, you know, so it, that was something that has kind of stuck with me over the years. You know, I find now doing the work I'm doing, uh, you know, I still keep in touch with him often and, and talk, but I, I find myself reflecting back things I've learned about leadership and other areas of life and, and, you know, in coaching and being away and then going, wow, you know, this, this was the perfect example of, of that concept or, or he really lived it. He, he's just a phenomenal leader. Yeah, man. There's so much in just that uh, sharing of, about his leadership and, and, and your, um, your observation of him. You know, I think that so often more is, is caught than taught as the saying goes in leadership we find a mentor that we really admire, we can really look at their lives and, and learn an awful lot. And when we see somebody reading and they see, we see yeah. what they're reading, we can kind of follow in their footsteps and, and learn what they're learning and gain such you know, wisdom from them. And I, I really appreciate that. It's also interesting too. I loved your, um, your comment about he, you know, he, found his own style or, you know, he, he was just who he was. He wasn't, you know, a, a yeller. And I think that so oftentimes in leadership, we think that the leader has to be the most vocal. Yeah. Right. It's not true at all. We can be that quiet leader that just is constant and is disciplined and it, you know, shows by example. I'm curious what, you know, if that was some of the things that you picked up. Oh, certainly. And, you know, as you're, you're talking to another thought came to my mind that I think, you know, we falsely associate volume level or, or, you know, extroverted personality. Uh, We, we falsely kind of use those to, to describe what I would call presence. So coach Mm -hmm. had a leadership presence that was very powerful he wasn't dominating or anything, but you knew when he was in the room, uh, so he wasn't, you know, his, his silence was not uh, traded off for a lack of authority, you know, or a lack of, you know, control or leadership. It, so I think what we're getting at is presence and he had it. You can say a few words and have a very, very strong presence, or you can be a, a loud, bubbly, social extrovert and have presence too. It really comes down to just being aware of his presence. Cause I, I, I believe over time it was calculated, you know, he, he, yeah. he always entered and, and there was a leadership presence maybe you could even call it an executive presence that he had regardless of whether he was an extreme introvert or extrovert it just kind of was irrelevant the presence is what it is i'm curious if you as, as you observed him and watched him like what were some of the things that you picked up to also have your own leadership presence because i know that as we were talking before we started recording you know we we, we work a lot with emerging leaders and i think that Emerging leaders want to be able to have that executive presence or, or at least learn to be confident and be, you know, that leader that, that walks in the room and, and people know they're there. So 
what were yeah. some of the things or the principles maybe that he taught you? Yeah. So, and I think it was all organic, uh, learned it, Like you said, more is <laughs> yeah. caught than taught. Cause you know, I can't recall a single time where he ever sat down and said, Hey, now Justin, grab a notebook and yeah. pen. And, and so <laughs> it was all just kind of observing, but you know, I think that the idea around presence, um, what I, what I learned is, is you have to be very intentional with that. There's a fine line between being overly insecure, you know, like a, a middle schooler entering a cafeteria feels like all the eyes are on you. Well, as a young emerging leader, the truth is the eyes probably aren't on you, but there is this balancing act of that doesn't mean I want to approach and be sloppy with my appearance or sloppy with my presence in my paying attention my on my phone uh, th those types of things I think what it set off was a period of my life as a, as a young emerging leader saying I'm going to really just kind of practice this I'm going to enter this room uh, you know I'm the youngest one in the room and let, how, how can I you know you know be taken seriously can I take myself seriously by entering this environment and, and really showing that I'm, I'm here to, to, to learn and grow and contribute to the room uh, you know, if I'm called on great, if I'm not, I'm still going to contribute based on my focus and attention to detail. And, and so I think that's an experience young emerging leaders can go through is you can practice it. You can go in and out of focusing on it again with a fine balancing act of not being narcissistic, thinking everyone's looking at you. That, that's not what we're getting at, you know. So I think that's yeah. something that is a skill that you can develop. I think yeah. he had it over years. I, I think he, he really had that down. You know, it, it brings to my mind. Um, one of my mentors who, who talks about just the law of consistency and, and doing the small things over and over and over. It seems so boring. It seems like, like maybe nothing is happening, yep. but by virtue of just doing those things, and you used a really great word that I, I'm so keen on, and that is intentional. By, by being intentional about the things that you're doing, day in and day out, especially when it's, it's boring or especially when you don't want to do it. You know, um, Emerson said that when you do that, you, you need to do the thing in order to get the energy to do the thing. And I, I often mm. say that, look, you just got to do it. And even despite your, your feelings, when you do it, then you're going to start to get the energy to do those things. And so that, that those small things over time really add up. They are do. there some are there some small things that you like? What are some of your leadership practices that that you found that have been really helpful for you as you're in your leadership? Yeah, so I, I think for me, I, I've learned kind of my own leadership journey, and, and really, when I became a head coach at 26, and now I'm running my own program, and it, you think you're prepared for something like that, and then you quickly realize I'm I'm in over my head here, and, and so that really forced a, a couple year period there of going. I have to get some rhythms. I have to get some, some practices as you call them and, and get some things in order. And I think one of the things is that I've just kind of developed is, is the ability to journal and just really take an inventory of what am my I, own heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and getting a process for just, again, taking inventory and evaluating like what's really going on internally. And I really feel like leadership life, uh, it sucks you into a pace that, is not sustainable. If you're in a role like that, you've probably got some drive in you, you some achiever, some I, I want to uh, go getter. I don't think a lot of passive kind of lethargic people land in situations like that. So I have found kind of just developing practices to keep myself in check, <laughs> to keep my motor in check. You know, I think of uh, when I was a kid, we go golfing and I still kind of would want to do it now, but if you've ever been on a golf cart and you go down a hill, 
some courses will have uh, like a governor installed on their, their golf yeah. cart. And I always thought like, this is kind of lame. You know, I want to really make this golf cart talk here. Oh yeah. Right. And, and so right. that kind of analogy, I think is really when we get into practices, especially journeying, journaling for me, it's kind of like installing a governor on my own motor and saying like, whoa, whoa, slow down now. Like we, we've got to be in tune with my emotions, my fears. What am I afraid of? What part of my identity is under threat in my leadership role right now? My feeling underappreciated my feeling like there's so much stuff underneath the hood for a leader there's so much stuff there's a, there's a, a massive garden that must be tended to and so for journaling that's been one way for me it, it, you know going for running or walking or th- those types of things that but I think it's it's a non-negotiable for an emerging leader to develop those things it, you no one is super superman superwoman who can just I don't need any of that I'm just go we, we've seen so many things leaders burn out. It, it's not even really up for debate. You must develop practices and, and rhythms that are work for you. And it comes down to it has to work for you. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that, that it has to work for you because so oftentimes we see, especially like our mentors and they, they typically are a few steps ahead of us. They are in a different season of life. And we think, oh gosh, well, we got to do that. Well, that's not going to work. I mean, you're, you're, right. you've got, you've got young kids. And so, you know, my kids are are practically all grown, you know, and so yeah. my season of life is different than yours. So we have to do the things that are going to fit for us. I mean, and, so um, true. And, and I think that as I was listening to you talk about like journaling and exercise and just being, doing those things, those rhythms, it's, it's really a lot like fundamentals. It's like the fundamentals of any game. You, you know, you grew up in baseball and I, I, I know we shared a little bit of, you know, baseball stories as, as I was growing up as a kid. I mean, what do you do in baseball practice to start the practice? You know, a lot of times you're taking, you know, if you're an infielder, you're taking ground ball practice, if you're an outfielder, you're taking pop flies. And so those are the fundamentals. You've got to do the fundamentals. You've got to be able to field the ground ball, you know, take batting practice. You've got to be able to hit the ball. And, and those things done consistently over time are so important for emerging. I, I, yeah, I, I just love that. And I I love talk a little bit about your journaling practice for a second. If you don't care, because I I think there's too often, especially for guys. I mean, I'm going to speak to the guys for a second. So you're a a lady that's listening. It may come easier for you, but for guys, I think this is one area that's really tough. And I want to just encourage you. If you are a guy to start a journaling practice, you know, contact Justin or me, We'll be happy to share that with you. But <laughs> yeah. talk a little bit about your 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 journaling practice. Like, what does it entail? How do you do it? And you know, just to kind of yeah. give some people, you know, a little bit of insight on that. Yeah. Some some for me personally, it's kind of taken a few different forms. Uh, I love kind of looking at it almost like if you can picture a baseball field. There's a there's a foul pole on one end and there's a foul pole on the other end. And so anything in between those two foul poles is fair game. Is how I kind of have structured mine. So there's times where my journaling uh, practice will have a more spiritual component. I'm, I'm a Christian. And so it's tied in with scripture reading and things like that. And it's really just a part of my daily life. Um, there's other times where it's just, what am I feeling right now? And I just write it down. There's something about transferring it from your, your mind and, and kind of that process of kind of what's going on. What, what, you know, I maybe snapped at my kid or some, there's some angst going on. And, and so that, you know, practice of just saying, what am I feeling right now? It, it has really helped me. And then other times it's more just kind of like a, a mind dump or ideas or concepts. Or, you know, I'm a writer, so I spend a lot of time just teasing around with ideas that eventually turn into content or a book or something. And, and so that's become kind of like, a hey, let me just write this down. 
you know, I, I think of, uh, you know, there was an amazing uh, documentary on uh, Netflix about Jerry Seinfeld. And, uh, you know, it, he had this, you know, accordion folder binder thing that had just thousands of, of legal pad yellow notes. And it kind of put in my head that there's an intentionality that must take place, whether it's journaling or just there's some form of documentation of your journey that you have to do. That, that, that over time is just a, it's a good practice to include. And, and so it's also tied into, I think, for, you know, I, I view leadership as a skill. I view the leadership lifestyle as a skill. And I look at a guy like Jerry Seinfeld, who looks like if there's ever a person that you just think is running on natural talent, he's the type of guy that you go, oh, he's just naturally funny. And when I saw this documentary about, you know, his notepad and his documentation and just the effort he was putting in uh, to, to this, his practice and, and his, his, you know, craft, I thought, man, there is no such thing as just winging it. You, like, there's no such thing as he's a natural leader. He's a natural comedian behind the scenes. There's always some work you know, we call it the deep work that goes on where, where you're just, you're intentional about your life, your day to day. And then over time that stacks up and you've got stuff. I, the other day I was even, you know, looking back a, a year ago and I was like, let me, let me go see what some journal entries were like around this time fascinating for me to look back and think about what was stressing me out at the time, what I was worried about at the time and how things have worked out. And it's just, it's been a practice. It's a non-negotiable for me now, you know, and, and uh, young leaders, if you're listening, you got to dive in on that practice or develop something like that. Set your foul poles and then anything in there is fair game. Yeah, exactly. You know, thank you for sharing that because I think that, you know, so often um, we think of journaling as, you know, just this, um, this practice that doesn't have a purpose, but it, it really does have a purpose. And, and I also love that you shared that it kind of, it kind of varies because I, it reflects and it reflects my, my practice as well. And I'm sure, and, and some other, you know, leaders that I know, um, because sometimes it's just a brain dump, you know, sometimes yeah. it's an idea. It's a, what am I working on right now? And it gives me a chance to kind of like flesh out some stuff. And, and even if I'm frustrated, it kind of, I can express that on paper. And it's amazing, like you said, how expressing it on paper just gets it out of your out of your head and, and, yeah. and in, into the physical world. It's it's kind of like uh, one of my mentors says it's like, you know, it's, it's like the magic wand. It's the first manifestation of of the, the thought that came within you out into the physical world. And it's it's kind of a cool way to think about like creation, like when we create totally. a new, a new plan, we yeah. create a new program, we create anything yeah. it has to start in our mind first and then get out onto you know, paper into the physical world. That's um, a cool way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your work, Justin, like what are some of the things that you're doing with, with emerging leaders right now? And how are you, you know, really helping emerging leaders be intentional with their leadership? Yeah. So we work with kind of emerging leaders in a range of professions, some athletic coaching, some uh, the medical field, uh, some in ministry and some in business. And, and uh, you know, it kind of varies on who comes in and when they come in. And uh, so we, we've got a program called the State of the Course Academy, which is just an online virtual cohort um, that goes four weeks at a time. And uh, oftentimes we'll have a, a cohort full of people from all walks of life, all leadership life. And so there's, that's a fun experience because I think then uh, 
you know, someone in ministry and someone in business ultimately go, I'm facing the same stuff, you know, and right. leadership right. is leadership and, you know, navigating your own lifestyle and your own, you know, uh, purposeful pursuits and things like that. There, there's some commonality. Other times we'll, we'll do what we call like a closed uh, group cohort. So a company or a business will bring in 10 of their leaders and we'll go through just, it's that internal group. So they're all in the same spot. They're all coworkers and employees. And we go through that, you know, that has kind of led to some one-on-one coaching where we'll go through some leadership coaching uh, over months period. We'll define some goals and, and tackle some things. And, and uh, then, it, you know, this fall we're launching kind of our first uh, community mastermind group where it's kind of a collection of all those people and, and uh, others who can get in and just get a part of uh, an environment. I, I, we, we call it the state of the course Academy because I've always uh, admired like a boxing training gym. I, like I'm not a boxer. I, I wrestled yeah. growing up, but I've always just thought like that atmosphere seems like it would be really uh, life-giving. It's that, you know, they're all going for their own pursuits. Maybe you've got a fighter in one weight class who's a top contender and then another essentially teammate in another weight class who's fighting in a different arena, but they train in the same spot. And uh, so we've kind of created this idea of, of bringing a leadership academy together that, you know, from all walks of life, whatever fights going on, we're, we're doing the same thing and, and we can train together in a sense. And, and uh, you know, I haven't found anything like that yet that it excites me a lot to, to get a type of environment like that together. Cause I feel like those environments when everyone's really chasing their own visions and dreams and goals and, and trying to excel in their own arenas uh, it's just life giving to anyone who's around. And, and so that'll be launched in this fall and, and we're, we're pumped to see that get going. So, but most of the time when we work with leaders, the context that a lot of people are, what is leadership coaching? What, what is this? And uh, we, we really try to tackle one central concept that we found in all leaders and really all people um, is, is this idea of drift and drift is this magnetic force that happens in a, a high performer's life. I, I will level it at high performer because they're usually aware of it and are fighting it the most uh, where you have some intentions, you want to, you know, tackle something, but there's just this natural slide process where things aren't really as tight and intentional as you want. And uh, over time that leads to a collection of, of issues. And, and uh, so we, we really, the, the work we've done with leaders in the last few years, that theme just kind of kept coming up. And so we've kind of surrounded most of what we're doing around the idea of drift and fighting drift in our life. That's so important. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because it, I, th- I think as a young leader, I, I was around um, some older leaders or, or leaders who, who had been around for a while in the industry. I, I was in the insurance industry. And, and, and so often I saw those people, those high achievers, they did reach a peak, then they just kind of leveled off and, and they, they, you know, to use your term, they drifted. They just kind of let things happen. Um, you know, and <laughs> it's, they, they got lazy. And, yeah. and, and so mm-hmm. I think that it's, it's so important to have the, the, the thrust, the drive to be able to keep going to, I, I call it like the second mountain, you know, you get yeah. to the top, you get to the summit and, and you think all, that's all there is, but unless you look out and you kind of look on the horizon and see that second mountain, it's like, that's the next thing I'm conquering. That's the next thing yeah. I'm and I think we all need that to, 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 to fight that drift. Don't you? Absolutely. I think you're spot on. And, you know, we, we kind of view leadership life like this destination list journey. <laughs> And, and that that's what we're really after. And most of the leaders we're working with it, we're, we're trying to instill that mentality that, 
you know, you're not really trying to hit, like you said, that mountain and then, okay, I'm done. You know, we, we want the motor to keep running. We want it to be healthy. We want it to be full of joy and groundedness and, and have some longevity. But what we're finding is when it comes to drift, there's just different types. It could be, we would call it like courage drift. There, there's, you made some decisions to live a certain way and there, it takes some courage to follow through with that. Or, or maybe it's discipline drift. You, you know what to do, but you're just, we're just not falling through with it. And that's human nature. And, you know, others, it might be purpose drift. Like you're at a point maybe where you're going, I don't really know what I really want to do anymore, <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and ambitions and, and motivation drift is another. And there's all these kinds of, you know, hidden, uh, conflicts that are going on in a leader's life and really all all humans life I really believe but it's really pertinent to a leader but there's these hidden conflicts this this hidden tension where there's something driving our day-to-day that maybe when that's achieved or is it taken care of it won't be there to drive later what do we do then you know so it's developing this idea that it's destinationless we're we're doing this to the end of time we're 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 ready until you know our lives are done How, how do we continue on this course there's I don't know if it's just modern day. I don't, I don't, it may have always been this way, but that, that idea of, you know, if I can just grind until I hit this level, then I'll call the dogs off. That just, I've never seen that go well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I've never seen it go well in my own life, yeah. from a health standpoint. Right. Uh, I, and I haven't seen it go well in other leaders' lives. And so I love your idea of that second mountain. It's this idea of just how do you keep going? How do you stay the course? And, and where are you going? And why are you going there? And, and really getting in, like I said, of these hidden conflicts underneath the surface we spend a lot of time just navigating through some of that. I, I love that idea of hidden conflicts. That's so, uh, so good. And, and, and I think the other thing that you said too, that I think is really important for leaders listening to, to, to understand is that it's a journey. And it's mm. you know, and I, and I have to, I have to tell you, you look, it, it took me a long time and I think it's still, I'm still learning this, that, that it isn't a, it isn't a destination. I, I can enjoy the journey and I can enjoy it and, and, and also just kind of be in that journey and know that, okay, yeah, I'm probably going to get to a point where I'm at the summit. I get, I get a, I get a goal. I achieve a goal, yeah but then I need to be looking ahead and looking out and raise my, my vantage point so that I can see beyond where I'm at right now so that I can see what's the next part of the journey. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. For sure. I love that. Man, that's, that's so good, Justin. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious. So how can people get in touch with you? Um, how do they, you know, I'm sure you've said something today that sparked somebody's thoughts and, and, you know, Hey, maybe I want to be a part of this cohort. Maybe I want to be a yeah. academy. How do they get in touch with you? Yeah. So the easiest way is shoot me an email, uh, jbrown at staythecourseleaders.com. You can check out all that we do on staythecourseleaders.com. And uh, we have a leadership podcast that goes out. We're really having conversations around drift and just leadership lifestyle. Um, you can find that on Apple and Spotify, but I'd say the easiest way is, is jbrown at staythecourseleaders.com. I love chatting with leaders. I'm sure David, you feel the same way. It just gives so much energy and you know, you, you just kind of, you start to relate and go, ah, these, these are my people, you know, Absolutely. And, and, yeah. so, uh, you know yeah. shoot me an email there. And yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, um, I, I love that idea. And I love the idea of, of bringing leaders together and, and putting them into an environment, um, especially, you know, something like your academy, be able to help them to learn and grow and be a part of other leaders. And there's nothing better than to be in that environment. 
go along that journey together because there's nothing more lonely than being yeah. a leader going by yourself, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you're, I, you're dead on it. Well, and I think to me, like I go back and th- I think of, uh, I've, I've done some some stuff with some friends who um, we, we've done some mountain climbing and I think I would have never gotten to the summit without having them along. And I think it's so important to be able to have that, that, that cohort, that pack, that, that group of people that surround you that tell you, yeah, it's okay to take a break right now. Yep. Then we got to get going. Let's keep going, you know, keep moving on and spur you on and keep pushing you to the top. And yeah. so I think that's really important. So I, I, I love what you're doing, man. I, I just absolutely love it. And I, I want people to, to reach out to you. Yeah. So let me ask this, Justin, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about today? <clears throat> That would really, you know, help either emerging leaders or sometimes it's the senior leaders who kind of look around the boardroom and go, man, I have not done a good job of, mm. of preparing my leaders um, for the next season of life or the next season of leadership, the next season of our business. Anything that you would add? So there's one concept I've been wrestling with a lot lately. Uh, this is just kind of how my brain works. I, I go for a run or uh, I'll just... Yes toil with something for a while. And then eventually it's like, I'm done and it, it goes, but I've been wrestling a lot with this idea. And I would just encourage any leader listening to this, wherever they're at on the journey, whether they're the CEO and they've got leaders on leaders on leaders underneath them, or if they're just starting out, uh, I would love to see a paradigm shift in the leadership community where we begin to view this, like it is a true skill that can be developed. I, I just despise it over the years, this idea of, oh, there's such a natural leader. I don't really, I, I just, I, there's not a term I hate more than that, the <laughs> natural leader. This idea that you kind of have a guy, hands in his pockets, and he's just winging it and just playing at a high level. There's no other environment. There's no other skill in, or you know position in life where that happens. If you want to yeah. be an elite chef, you have to do the work to become an elite chef. If you want to be an elite Olympic athlete, we don't just look at him and go, they're just such a natural athlete. No, they, they have just completely committed to developing at their level. We didn't look at Peyton Manning and go, he's just such a natural quarterback. I mean, he's just winging it out there. That, that's just not what we would associate with the type of effort that it takes to be elite at what they do. And I would love to see in leadership life that that mentality start to shift to this is a skill to develop, just like I can develop a, a forehand in tennis or you know, I can develop my ability to grill chicken on the propane gas grill. These are all things that we we have a growth mindset about and say, I'm going to just commit to getting better and better and better at it. And, and I would love to see in leadership life, especially from senior leaders on down, is we, we begin to say, this is a skill. You, you need to develop your skill. You need to, you know, level up what, what's going on. And it's not an attack on their identity. It's just we need to get better at some things. And I would love to see that kind of be a permeating view in the leadership uh, world because I, I don't think it's been that way historically. So you're so, so spot on, man. I love that, Justin. That that's good good place to to to, to end and really encourage uh, all of the listeners. If you're a senior leader, if you're an emerging leader, if you're an advancing leader, anywhere on the spectrum of leadership, don't just drift. Be really intentional and 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 become that elite leader that, that you know you can be. And I, so I just want to encourage everybody. This has been a great, great conversation. Justin. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. My pleasure. I, I know this isn't going to be the last time because I'm, I'm really excited about anybody who is, is intentional 
anybody who is, you know, got a heart for emerging leaders, um, is, you know, got my, got my heart as well. So I really appreciate you having, having you on today. Yeah. Thanks again. I, I appreciate it. Looking forward to more conversations. Well, that was such a great conversation. Again, I'm really sorry about the audio quality on my end. And again, I'm not exactly sure what happened with Zoom. It was uh, just kind of cutting in and out. But hopefully you were able to hear the, the, the answers and the things that Justin was sharing. Because honestly, he shared some real gold, especially for those of you who are emerging leaders. And I do absolutely love talking with other leaders who have a heart for emerging leaders like I do. And as I normally do on these podcasts, what I like to do is just kind of pick a couple of things that are important from this conversation to recap it. And I think the very first thing that I need to bring up here is that um, one thing that Justin said is he had a mentor. And so I want to encourage you, if you don't have a mentor yet, if you don't have somebody, if you don't have a coach, um, go get a mentor, get, get a coach. Um, Justin's mentor was a reader and a lifelong learner. If you can find somebody who is a reader, who has read widely, man, I'm telling you, you are going to get so much from that because what they, those kinds of mentors, those kinds of coaches will be able to draw from not only their own experience, but also the experiences of the authors that they've read. And being a lifelong learner means you're taking all of those things that you've read and all of your experience that you've you've had and mashing it all together like a wonderful stew. And uh, you can you can impart that into others. And um, I, I absolutely love that. I also really like the fact that he was talking about presence and being a you know aware of what that presence is is all about. And, um, you know, honestly, not that long ago, I was teaching on the uh, six-figure mentorship program that's a part of the Empowered Living Community. And a, a question came up in the Q&A component and at the end of uh, my teaching. And the book Presence by Dr. Amy Cuddy came up when I was answering a question. And so I would just say, you know, if, if you have an interest in that, if you have an interest in, in presence, in executive presence and in confidence, um, make sure you go check out uh, the TED Talk that uh, Amy Cuddy did, and then you can check out her book called Presence. Um, the other thing about confidence and presence was really more about being very intentional with your, your appearance and um, you know being able to contribute to conversations, being very intentional and being very consistent about doing you know the thing that you need to do despite your feelings and. If you want some practical tips on gaining that confidence and presence, uh, again, another book um, to check out is a book called Beyond Confidence by Helen Fruin, who was also a guest on the podcast. She was on uh, episode 11, uh, just a few episodes ago here in season two. The other thing that I will mention that I think um, is a really important thing for leaders to do, especially emerging leaders, and that is um, practice journaling, practice things like, you know, what, what are you feeling? Use it as a mind dump, throw your ideas out there on paper, express your frustration, um, that putting things on paper out of your mind and, and onto paper is really the first part of that creation process. And 
if you aren't a part of the Emerging Leader Inner Circle, this is one of the things that we teach you and what one of the, the, the practices and the skills that we teach you. And so we'd love to have you join us in the Emerging Leader Inner Circle. But by, by doing this practice, by, by journaling, by, by looking within yourself, by, by actually um, even uh, creating some other morning routines, other rituals that you can work on yourself and really dive into your, your own um, thought processes and your own psyche, that's, that's a practice that all great leaders do. So create some fundamentals for yourself, create some behaviors that you live by. And when you do that, then practice those, practice those behaviors. I loved what Justin said about drift, that, that idea of fighting drift, because so often, you know, we all have intentions, we have great intentions. And uh, the thing is, over time, those intentions can level off and they can wane. But to fight that, to fight drift, it really takes a community. And so, again, I, I know I probably sound like a broken record, but being a part of an inner circle group to keep you sharp and to keep you um, growing and, and keep you fighting drift, you are going to um, really be much more effective when you have a community around you. So don't be on the, the, the leadership journey uh, by yourself. Um, you know, an inner circle, a group of, of leaders that you have a close affiliation and tie to, a mastermind group, um, can help you when your motivation wanes. And really, uh, again, one of the best ways to do that is to, to join us at the Inner Circle Summit. Um, we'll, we're going to have a room full of leaders that will uh, definitely be the kind of leaders that you want to be around and have in your inner circle. Um, you can network with them. You can ask them questions. Um, they're all on the leadership uh, and growth journey as well. Um, so again, once again, you can go to davidmcglennon.com forward slash inner circle summit 2022. Get registered before we sell out. And thanks again for joining me uh, here on the podcast. Please do me a favor, give us a rating and, and then t type in just a quick review, um, something that maybe you've gotten from the podcast, some great takeaway uh, or, or one thing that you like, maybe a subject matter that you like that helps us to be able to understand what's resonating with you. So thanks again for being with us again and uh, be intentional with your growth journey and be well.